Hello and welcome to the Automotive News Europe podcast for March 17th, 2022. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at A&E. Thanks so much for joining us. Capgemini recently asked automakers and suppliers whether they felt properly prepared to defend the forthcoming wave of software-defined cars against hackers. The answer was a resounding no. Jean-Marie Lepere, who is Chief Technology and Innovation Officer for Global Automotive Industry at Capgemini, says that answer is actually very encouraging. Why? Because it shows the industry collectively recognizes that cybersecurity needs to be improved and that now is the time to get it right. LePair shares whether legacy automakers or startups are better prepared for keeping hackers out. He tells us which areas of the car are most vulnerable to attacks. And he explains why collaboration on preventing common threats is unlikely to happen. Hi, Jean-Marie. Hey, thanks so much for being here today for the Automotive News Europe podcast. Hi, Doug. Happy to be with you. Uh, thank you for the invitation. Could you tell me, Jean-Marie, what are the biggest challenges to ensuring the cybersecurity in software-defined cars will be up to the task of keeping those pesky hackers out? Ha, big question up front. Thank you, Doug. It's a tough question because it's not only a technology issue. It's really also touching, it's touching the the way the various automakers, all those who are contributing to create cars, are actually doing their work for the next uh, next few years. Because to be honest, the problem of cybersecurity already exists, but given the the reality of the technology used in the car, it's not yet a very acute problem. The uh, the next few years and the uh, cars that are being promised basically by all the automakers, uh, which will rely more on software, will actually be probably more vulnerable to, to these attacks. So it really depends on the automakers doing the right thing. And we as Capgemini, uh, of course, are uh, trying to, to help them in, in doing so. And also to have uh, all the supply chain behind, and in particular, in this case, the software supply chain uh, of anything that, do, that goes into, into the cars are actually very secure as well. So tested for vulnerabilities and, of course, being, being uh, designed uh, to, to uh, withstand a, a potential attack. So, of course, a number of perimeter defenses, etc. So things that are, I would say, very traditional in the IT world, but it's more new, right, for the for the automotive world, because uh, I would not say it's absolutely new now, but for the last 20 years, the automakers have developed the connected vehicles, so they, they became very aware and they are very conscious about, about the issue. But as actually the study uh, that we did last year and we published in September around the software transformation in the auto industry, we had a specific question asking the uh, uh, various experts in the industry and the automakers and suppliers, what they thought, how are they prepared? And the answer is actually really clear to say, no, they believe they are not really yet prepared, which, which says two things. One, that they are conscious of it, which is the beginning of a good answer, 
right? Because honestly, uh, I've spent 15 years in the industry. At the, 15 years ago, the problem was not even acknowledged, right? It was not known, not really well understood. I'm not accusing anybody, of course. It's just a, a, a shift of culture that took a little bit of time. But now the problem is, is well acknowledged. And as we can see, all of our clients at least have actually focus on, in addition to creating the new software-defined vehicles, uh, securing the current connected uh, vehicle system and the future system. So being aware, number one, adopting the, the practice that are quite mature, I would say, in the IT world, the cybersecurity, that it's not a guarantee, but adopting that uh, in terms of prevention and possible reaction if something unfortunately happens, uh, that's, that's how uh, we will, how did you say, we will keep the pesky hackers out. We will probably honestly not keep them all out. There will be incidents, uh, but if we if the ecosystem of the industry is doing the, the things the right way, uh, I hope it will actually minimize the impact and, of course, the gravity of the impact. You have seen the industry from the ground level, and I wanted to get an idea from you. What are we talking about? The estimated cost of providing cybersecurity to cars. Can you give us some idea? So it's another difficult question, Doug. And... I will not give you an absolute number. I will actually respond by taking the reference actually again from the IT industry. If you look at the at the cybersecurity practice today, uh, depending on the, the sector and the industry, it varies between a few percent to 20% of the total cost of developing software that is actually dedicated to um, to secure the, the, the environment, so to securing the environment. So um, the, typically, in, if I, before getting back to the, to the auto industry and the new challenges that we are talking about, the, uh, the, the ones, the sectors that are typically the, the, the most prepared and spending the most, the biggest amount of, of, uh, of money on the, secu the, the security are typically the financial sectors because it's highly regulated. Uh, and it's driven, very controlled, audited, etc. So they, they typically, we see typically like easily 20% of their IT budget, which is already very big compared to their, to their revenue, uh, uh, spent on security. So my guess is that we will see the same trend in the auto industry. Today, the auto industry is one that doesn't spend much on security compared again to the, to the overall uh, uh, engineering spending. Uh, we uh, they don't spend much on security. I, I think I will see we will see that growing. My guess it will be on average on five six percent, uh, which will be actually hiding a much complex uh, um, uh, environment and situations where there will be actually a lot a lot of investments for any subsystem or any external system that uh, is involved with safety. Right. So I guess there the, the percent number will be will be high for other elements which are less impactful or, to be honest, doesn't impact. Even if it doesn't impact uh, safety, it can impact the image, uh, the brand image of the automakers. So anything outside of that, I think we will see uh, much uh, lower numbers. But now if we are talking just a few percent point 
of budgets that are in billions because developing a new car, I mean, you know that's probably even better than me. We are in the one to five billion each, uh, each uh, time. At the end, these are, these are uh, big absolute numbers. Uh, but again, it's, I think it's better to look at that in a relative way. The, so that's my, my prediction is that it will slowly, it will slowly grow because again, uh, what I said in the, in the previous uh, answer, the environment is actually changing and there is more and more investment in these, in these areas. Jean-Marie, you touched on the fact that cybersecurity, not such a major issue with the existing cars and cars from yesteryear, we'll say, but the ones that are coming, these software-defined ones, are going to be a little bit more vulnerable because of all of that software in them. Can you give us an idea of what level of severity we might be talking about when it comes to a hacker taking control, something ranging from annoying for instance, my car won't start because it's been hacked, to potentially life-threatening. Could you just give us an, a, a gauge as to what we're talking about on that spectrum when it comes to protecting the driver? I will start by saying that I don't believe we will get in a, any significant way to uh, looking at life-threatening risks. Why? Because the subsystems in the vehicles uh, that actually are involved with, with safety will actually see probably much less, well, either much less uh, evolution in their structure or in any case, there will be an enormous amount of attention. So in the, in the kind of actually uh, design that we are uh, proposing to our, uh, to our clients and discussing with them, the safety portion is always isolated and it's isolated from the rest of the system. When I say isolated, it's not completely isolated, but it's, it's very separate and it's part of the, of the technical design that we keep iso uh, partially isolated to actually reinforce uh, the, the, any, uh, any controls that we have on, on safety. So for that reason, uh, I believe that that part of the of the architecture and uh, will 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 stay le not only less vulnerable but on top of that significantly more protected by a number of different measures. So I believe that what we have to uh, to expect is more on the uh, two actually uh, domain within within a car that are probably already today uh, the most uh, uh, vulnerable in the sense that they are the most exposed, which are so what we call the IVI or the infotainment units. These are the pieces that uh, probably are, are the most exposed. And, and that's where it becomes a bit more complicated. Some of the systems that contribute to the assistance or what we call ADAS, right? Um, because the, these are the ones that actually are in the center of a lot of a lot of changes, right? That will require an enormous amount of, of software, new architectures, etc. And potentially the most exposed, right? Uh, out, out of the ones that I, I just mentioned. So Actually, recently there was an article, and I will not mention any any names or any brand for sure, about a hacker who was able to actually interact with a one of the most sophisticated car on the market today, and able to open the uh, unlocks the, the the doors remotely, potentially have access to some information. So hopefully nothing that is again life threatening, but yes, pretty annoying. 
I know you can't mention the company by name, but it was well, well documented that it was a Tesla and that a teen hacker apparently got in there and started uh, rooting around, which leads me to my next question, because I would have thought that a Tesla or a Neo or a car from a startup that they stand on the fact that, oh, our cars are so much better than these old fashioned uh, models from Mercedes and BMW because we're such software kings. Is that true? Is it easier to protect a startup's car versus a legacy car or vice versa? I think it doesn't make such a difference in the sense that, of course, the, the new entrants that don't have a legacy typically have a better practice at cybersecurity because of their past. They typically come from IT, to be honest with you, or tech, uh, uh, advanced technology, right? Again, I'm not mentioning anybody, but there are a number of, of, of new entrants in the market uh, that are coming from pure technology, right? So they are b better prepared, but at the same time, the object, I would say, that they are creating is more complex. So honestly, I would say the legacy architectures are, are less vulnerable and the practice of the uh, of those creating them are less sensitive uh, the 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 new entrants are probably more sensitive but they're also more vulnerable by nature again not because they don't do the the, the right thing so i don't believe that the old or, or new are any different they come from a different history but i'm not it's not a guarantee in any way that it will be better or worse in the sense that all will have to continue the investment or put more investments to actually secure this environment. I would like to add one element. What the, the, the factor that actually frightens me a little bit is the fact that when you are listening to uh, all the entrants, the old and the new, their timelines to bring new vehicles on the market are extremely tight, right? So of course, some already are delivering, right? Not name again anybody, uh, but uh, everybody has announced that within two, three, four years from now, they will have a software-defined vehicle on the market, which is extremely fast. And it's already fast to as a life cycle of a new vehicle, right? Which typically we talk, honestly, minimum five to 10 years when we have big complex platforms. And here, on top of everything, we are talking about a significant change. So uh, all the engineering of all these companies uh, are trying to achieve in less time than usual, a significant evolution on top of it, which changes the habits, which changes the uh, even the relationship with the, with the traditional supply base. Uh, there are new suppliers, new suppliers that are great in technology, but don't necessarily know well the, the automotive industry and the constraints of the automotive industry. So for me, that's the, where most of the risk uh, uh, lies, which is in the compression of the time, because everybody wants, of course, to go to market as fast as possible, and nobody's blaming them. And I find that extremely exciting from another perspective. But at the same time, this is where the, the, the risk lies, which is, especially if it's not in the culture of the of the actor to to look at security cybersecurity the i would say the IT way this is where we may make mistakes collectively you see i see, i say we not they right because it's an industry wide problem yeah it is amazing you bring up such a crucial point it's that okay we're going to ask you to do something that is 
completely new, way more complicated than before, and you guys want to do it in three years instead of five. So you're shortening the amount of time. I mean, boy, oh boy, talk about uh, going from uh, zero to 100 in, in, in three seconds flat. It's, it's amazing. It, it is. Actually, it's exciting, to be honest with you, because the, and, and I see that with all of our clients. All of them, we are, we are having discussions about these new architectures. All of them are saying, oh, we want to control how we manage the legacy and we want and we want to invest in the new. We want to upskill our people because that's why. I mean, that that's one consequence of the fact that it's a, it's disrupted from a technology perspective. Of course, all of that relies on the expertise of people, right? So so uh, being able to deliver all of that uh, rely on upskilling. So you do everything at the same time: upskilling, designing something that is really new. There is not even a standard on the market. Actually, I will mention that there are some cross-industry groups that are now popping up in addition to the, I would say, the traditional and old ones that are trying to say, oh, maybe it's it's worth having some cooperation across the various actors, not only competing head-to-head, but cooperate on a number of things. And by the way, this is where potentially security is a good topic because everybody will face it. Nobody will win. Uh, uh, well, there, there is a possibility of a competitive advantage of if one actor does significantly better, but it's a tough bet to make. So I think this is where uh, probably more co- cooperation across the actors to face common threat would actually be is a potential. However, I haven't seen it yet. I see some uh, some initiatives, uh, but it's not widespread just yet. I just hope, and I'm and again, I'm putting these options on the on the table when we have uh, the the discussions with with uh, some of these actors. Well, Jean Marie, thank you so much for sharing your insights on this extremely important topic. I look forward to uh, hopefully continuing the conversation about how this evolves. Thank you for being here on the Automotive News Europe podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Doug. Have a good one. We reached Jean Marie Lepere at his office in London. That wraps up this episode of the Automotive News Europe podcast for March 17th. 2022. I'm your host, Doug Bolduck, Managing Editor at AE. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you'll tune in again soon.